I think it's working now. Can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. All right. Well, that's the end of our technical difficulties. <laughs> Most definitely. Hello, everyone, and welcome to That Business Podcast. I'm Caleb Tanner, financial consultant slash entrepreneur, and I'm here with... Corey Bortry. I'm a graphic designer and branding consultant. Times since we've recorded some of this podcast. Actually, look, the last one we did is January 1st of 2020. So, wow. you know, <laughs> yeah, we overestimated the amount of free time that college students have. The crazy thing is, I'm pretty sure we're probably more busy now than we were back then. And now we're doing You know, that's true. I think it's a different type of business busyness, though, because there's an experience that comes with being in college that I think is actually very important. And I think people are like, oh, well, yeah. college students have all these free times, but you're supposed to be investing in friendships as much as you are investing in your future. And so because that is your future as well, like you shouldn't completely seclude yourself to you know, only do a career because half of a career is connections. That's true. Like, I feel like the most, well, one of the most valuable parts of camp. Um, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of social credit with, uh, or social value with that sort of thing. Yeah, I, I think so. Can you hear me? I, sound, I, okay. I can now. Can you hear me? Yeah, I don't know what just happened, but uh, yeah, I guess we're back. Um, but yeah, I feel like networking was a of my college experience and probably one of the most valuable parts of that. Because I feel like there's a lot of people I know that are going to be beneficial to know, especially my career. Oh, absolutely. Uh, our college roommates, for one. That's why we're still on this phone call. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty. We're not living together anymore. Right. Well, there's a reason that like we uh, ended up getting that uh, apartment together is because we were like of like mind in many ways as far as business and stuff goes. So, um, yeah. Speaking what What is our topic going to be today? Well, first, I thought we should talk about really what we've been doing since, you know, we stopped recording. Like, how is business life has progressed? I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I've seen you work on. Absolutely. So, um, without going into a lot of detail, as I graduated, a uh, the family business discovered a large amount of embezzlement. So... <laughs> I was oh, able yeah. to, it was set up quite well because I graduated and was looking for employment just as a position came available. So I wound up, uh, <laughs> yeah, at, uh, the family sign company where I was able to use a lot of the skills that I talked about last time. You know, I'm a graphic designer, self-taught, and I have learned a lot of sales and stuff working in the different, uh, different industries and stuff like politics, like, um, 
mainly politics, but it's like in the different parts of politics, you know, there is a design and communications part as well as just going door to door and like talking to people and trying to sell your ideas. So that's kind of encompassing to, uh, you know, working at the sign shop and helping, you know, grow our revenue and everything there. Um, Some things I've been able to kind of, you know, change is, you know, the idea of recurring revenue rather than just a, you know, one-time payment. Um, I use that to both sell and to kind of actually do in our own business because that works, you know, like why, why sell a single sign for a thousand dollars when you can sell a single sign for a thousand dollars and then make money on people putting ads into that thousand dollars, you know, that thousand dollar sign forever. So there, there's parts about that. It's if you think about money as something more liquid as something that is, um, grown rather than uh, you know directly worked for then um there's a lot of potential yeah i really like how you put that that is true that if you can get someone to keep coming back which usually you know they will if what you say actually happens and the work you do actually like works out like it's crucial to have people keep coming back and then it boosts your numbers as well because the client that you reached out to is putting that money in every single month and it looks good on your part as well no, absolutely. And that's the thing is the best way to have a recurring customer is to do a good job. That That's something I found is extremely important. And also just to deliver what you said, you tell someone that you're going to be doing this, this, and this, and that, you know, but it's going to do this, this, and then what happens, they see it as trust. And when you develop like trust with that person, it's important. I say like, for me, you know, I'm also working in sales, but it's a very different kind of sale. I work at a private campground and I sell a membership to it. But most of my job is just being friendly. Like when you're friends with that person, they develop a trusting relationship. It's easy for them to buy from you because they trust you. Yeah. Well, you know, every um, every one of my clients would probably say that I've done a good job of basically making sure that I got them what they needed. Um, you know, when I sell something, yeah, I need to sell something that's going to make me money obviously. But when somebody comes in, I'm looking for what's going to help them more so than, you know, what I want to do or whatever. And I think, and I think you do the same is you probably aren't going to try and sell somebody a camp campsite they don't need. Just like, I'm not going to try and sell somebody a sign they do need. In fact, the other day with, uh, I was talking to a campground and they needed a, um, they needed a, uh, sandblasted sign at, you know, at the front of their entrance or rather a routed sign. And I knew that they needed that. They didn't know they needed that. They were thinking they would just do like kind of the standard metal sign. Well, I happened to know about their competition and stuff in the area. And I happened to know about their reputation and, I actually fought really hard to make sure that they were going to get the sign they needed. And it was actually going to be more money, but, and that's also, that's good for me. But the reason I wanted them to buy that sign was because I think it's actually going to help their business long-term. Yeah, that's my thing. Like there's definitely been people that kind of like given my sale pitch, like sales pitch to that, you know, I genuinely thought this probably wasn't for them. And there's definitely people I tell and I don't really like hide that fact either. Like if I don't think it's for them, I don't really, I mean, I still like do my job. But I don't really try to sell them for them. And I'm straight up about that. 
but then when it is, I do whatever I can really to get them to buy because see the how it would benefit them. I think that's important too. It's like, um, you know, I've always like heard the quote. It's like, you know, you got to get to the point where you can sell like ice to an Eskimo and like oil to an Arab and like that kind of. But I think the most, but I think the most important part of sales is not selling ice to an Eskimo. It's finding someone who selling it to them. I guess you have to find the customer. Like you have to find, find the customers that benefit from it. That's probably the market. Yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely. <laughs> no, I, I definitely agree though. Like that is a, um, that is a very good. That's that's a good thing to point out. Is like, yeah, we have the saying, you know, ice to an Eskimo. Hey, he can sell something to somebody who doesn't need it. The thing is, they're they don't tell the second part of that story about how that person who does that doesn't really have any friends at the end of the day. You know, it's like. <laughs> There's a level exactly. of it where <laughs> I need we, to be able to sell and still sleep at <laughs> You know, that's exactly like that's the thing is that type of salesman gives us a bad name because we are, you know, consultants. We are people who are actually trying to make sure that you get the product that you want and you actually get what you need. I've actually had a lot of people that when they did buy from me, like after buying, they tell me they're like, by the way, like we were really surprised that you weren't like pushy with us. Because you know, I feel like salesmen have such a reputation right now where they're, I mean, especially with car salesmen, they're like very pushy. Like you got to get this today, like hammer it down on you. Well, with me, I'm very much like, you know, this is it. If you want it, great. If you don't want it, also great. You know, it doesn't really affect me either way. Surprised that I'm not pushy. It makes them a lot more comfortable, I think. You do have more of an open mind. You know, think isn't really. It's not really something that can work long term. I'm sure you've noticed. Yeah, like, that's exactly day. right. Like, I don't. Too pushy. No, no, exactly. And that's the thing is, like, I found that. Um, if somebody feels like it's sold to, you know, I feel like the one thing that somebody needs to know and the thing I'll, I'll tell them is, you know, look, this might be for you. It might not be for you. You know, don't buy this if it's, you know, don't buy it if you can't afford it. Don't buy it if it's um, not going to help you. But uh, also I'll, I'll sit, I'll point out, Hey, look, how many people come through there a day? What, you know, what percentage of people do you think's minds could be changed by a sign? Because what if I told you it was 10%? Does that sound low or high? So when I tell you that 10% of people are going to come back and you know pay for something they weren't going to do so otherwise, is this sign worth it? You know, maybe at that point it's worth it to do a more you know a more expensive sign. And there are studies and stuff I can show people that actually show that economic behavior is actually determined by signage. I was saying that's the first like um, you see some. You know, you're a lot more willing to you think of it as a better establishment. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yeah, exactly. That's something I've uh, I've made sure to basically, you know, make sure people know because you know, I'm not just appealing to somebody's pride. I'm not appealing to your vanity. I'm appealing 
for you to look a professional, that's why we tell somebody if they get a full, like if you're a lawn care or something and you get a full wrap, you need to be charging about 10% more at least over what you were charging before because frankly, somebody's going to look at your vehicle and they're going to say, hey, I'm going to be taken care of. Yeah, that's true. Like a person is everything. Like if I was doing like, long hair and I see, you know, something like, and I see like a quality vehicle, like I, like I, in my mind, I look at that and think it's a quality exterminator. Even if that isn't necessarily the case, that's just how people operate. Right. The thing is, it's actually kind of funny, even though it seems vain. It actually usually is a quality exterminator because it's very likely that revenue from that person's repeat business is likely what wow. actually paid for that wrap. So it's actually, <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually, it's amazing for me because the sign business is the easiest thing to be in because it's literally, if you can afford this, you can't afford not to do this. That's very true because if you see someone, you know, with, like if you see something with like the really nice sign, you know their business makes money. <laughs> exactly. And if their business makes money, they're probably doing something right. Exactly. So in a way, it's kind of circular there. Um, obviously, I just make sure that everybody's happy at the end of the day. Do you like the sales part more of your job or do you like the designing part more? That is a good question, and I found it actually depends on what I'm designing. There are certain things that, that I just don't like to do. There are certain, um, you know, there are certain designs that are just really simple that I find boring that uh, you have to do, and it'll be something, you know, let's say it's somebody's uh, logo that's already done, and let's say this logo was done by an overseas company, and so it was really cheap. And they put it together in a weird way. And so this it's like all jumbled in the program. And yeah. they want to change some things and they want it all to look right. Well, and and then at the end of the day, I've also done all that. And then they only buy a hundred business cards. Well, you know, I spent uh I spent more time with somebody the other day to make them a hundred business cards than I did for somebody who came in and spent thirty two hundred dollars on a wrap. Um, not a wrap, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I have one of those too. And um Someone else spent $3,200 on a um, sculptured sign for their business. And then another person spent five something like $5,000 in uh, pamphlets. So what I like is to create an art piece of art that then is put on a huge scale and produces a lot of economic value. Because when somebody yeah. spends $5,000... For me, you know, for me to go and put a sign up at their business, if somebody's giving me five thousand dollars for pamphlets, that person's probably turning around and creating another fifteen thousand dollars for the GDP because we're talking about pamphlets. That's the first step of their business process. Yeah, that's definitely true. I definitely noticed that. Um, well, I enjoy sales a lot, but I also feel like I'm in a fun industry where the sales is a lot more fun because basically what I do. You know, I tour people around and then I take them back and sell. And like, while I'm in the office, like selling, you know, that's when I'm actually working. But when I'm just touring, I have so much fun just like talking to people about like the randomest things, like showing people around that it's like, I try to like, while I'm on tour, feel like I'm just not working at all until I come back and actually sell to them. And I've met like the most interesting people that way. Like people I still every now and then. Like that's one thing I really like is just meeting people. And also I feel like actually finding out 
but there's a lot of adrenaline in that. I think that's a lot of fun to actually figure out have emotion we can actually sell. I don't know. There's that. Right. I think it's adrenaline. <laughs> right. No, I've definitely um I've kind of gotten that buzz before where it's like you know you handle a big deal, everybody walks away happy. Because, you know, when somebody has put, you know, puts $3,000 down on your table and yeah. they are happy and they're thanking you and they're going out the door and they're just so happy and they're going to be back. Like you have done something right for that person, because when most people write a $5,000 check to somebody who just sold them something, they kind of have a sick feeling in their stomach like they're worried they're getting scammed. So, yeah, definitely. You know, we get to be that kind of beacon of light for, uh, you know, somebody. Because, like I, like I say, there's nothing that makes me happier than, like, bringing somebody's vision to life. Sometimes they don't even know they want it, right? They they have an idea, but they don't know how to put it into words to even ask for it. So when you can find that and you can show them and you kind of see a glisten in their eye where they're like, man, I've made it. And I'm betting you probably see some of that in your industry as well. Oh, definitely. That's That's why, like... I always find that so interesting when I just sold someone, like they bought it, they just, you know, like they were just sold to, and then they leave. They're like, thank you so much. Like, thank you for all that you did. And it's like, you're welcome. But also like, you know, you just bought it. <laughs> like, thank you. <laughs> right. <laughs> but right. Also, well, like, also no, like you, when you, you deal with like camping, like, like that kind of stuff, it's a very like happy thing like when you're talking to people about like the experience they had the experience that they can't have like everyone's happy and that's one thing i love about my job like a lot of the point it doesn't even feel like selling it just feels like showing people and letting them decide for themselves right and i think in many cases that's most of what sales is i think people have an idea of uh again the ice to an eskimo is you're selling yeah. stuff to something you're selling stuff that nobody needs to stuff that no you know and stuff that nobody wants to people and you're tricking them into doing it and you know if that's your attitude for sales you shouldn't be in sales and honestly i don't really want you talking to people in general like you're a bad person if your goal is to you know be deceitful well that's my thing like i want to like my goal with sales is to make a ton of money. That I... <laughs> that's that's my yeah. goal. <laughs> right. No, that's um. Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. You go ahead. No, no, it, it, it's it's perfectly fine. No, that that's exactly right. Because again, I can't think of anybody that I've ever sold anything to where they don't need it. You know, like again, yeah. there's been people who are like, hey, I think you need this, but that's because again. I know that they have a vision for their business and I know what they're going to need to have that vision come to life. And they might not realize that. And I'm trying to show them. And sometimes I don't, I'm not able to show them, but they're usually still happy with what I do, but I've never, I can't think of a customer I've ever tricked into buying something. Yeah. Same. There's been customers that haven't bought that I felt bad for because I knew it would benefit them, but there hasn't been anyone that bought that I felt bad bad like about four because usually or always they bought because they saw the benefit themselves not because i told them about it absolutely and really i feel like that's um we're the lesson here you know if, if you wanted to say it, the, the conclusion yeah. you could come to on that is um you're never going to change somebody's mind that's but you true. can show them how you are helping them for them to go with you 
And if you're passionate about your product, if you are actually, you know, selling a good product, then that should be no problem for you. That's true. If you actually believe in what you're selling, you obviously do. I mean, it's the kind of work that you love. And even when you weren't working there, you saw their stuff, which was actually really cool. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that is funny is I got into the uh, signage industry. I grew up in it. But I actually got back into the branding industry and stuff while I was in politics and everybody yeah. still did it. And I was like, man, um, visual communication is like the most important thing to me and I can recognize it everywhere. So I, I found my passion in that. And that was one thing I remember one time it was actually when we were um, like picking apartments and we we're talking to like what would become a realtor about the apartment. And then I Oh, by the way, I saw the signs out there. And if you ever need a new sign, always call me for a sign company. And then I was like, I'm glad this dude's my roommate. You know, that I, actually, I forgot to follow up with her. <laughs> I just thought that was so, like interesting. Like, I saw that and I was like, yeah, always look for the sale like, when you have the opportunity. Oh. All right, so we had some more technical difficulties, but hopefully this goes a lot better. Absolutely, yeah. Hopefully uh, this is not too broken up and we will have better sound in the future, but for now. Yeah, I say we're back new to this. The only issue is my voice is going to be a lot louder than yours, but... That's how it is in real life. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a very loud person. The college experience was for any one of our friends. <laughs> be talking. No, I can't help it. But yeah, I don't. Where I was before we got interrupted, I was talking about how like um or like how I noticed that you take every opportunity you can to sell to sell. Like you always. At least it seems like to me looking for the next opportunity to sell. And now that I'm trying to start, you know, other businesses and doing like financial consulting, that's kind of my thing too, is I'm trying to look for opportunities that I can like use to kind of like as a sales pitch. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I would definitely uh, agree with that. You know, I mean, when you're passionate about a product, you know, that's, and that's really you know, I guess if I had to say, you know, rules of sale, that's what I was saying earlier about, you know, if there is like anything to really pull from this is you have to be really passionate about what you're selling, because if you don't believe you're helping somebody, you're not going to be able to sleep at night. And then that goes into that. Of you have to be passionate about what you sell and you can't sell something to somebody who doesn't need it because, you know, they don't need it. You're hurting the economy, not just like this one time, but it like cascades and you cause a lot more damage than just the value of whatever it is you sold that's not needed. That's what I was about to say. You have to know who to actually sell to. Right. That said, you know, whenever you are actually in the mindset of helping people, then you're not always in sales mode. You're always in service mode. And yeah. I would say that's really what I've tried to do. Like the reason I say, hey, you need a new sign. I can help you with it. Yeah, it puts money in my pocket, but at the same time, it's actually helping people. And so, you know, when you're actually passionate about something, when you actually believe in it, 
It is not a chore. It is not hard. You naturally actually become more in that mode. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I would definitely agree. Like, um, if you can make a bunch of money while actually benefiting the people you're making money from, everyone wins. Absolutely, and honestly, that is, uh, that, that's just economics. Now, I've got to say, it's obviously different for us because, like, what I'm selling is more to make their lives emotionally better, like bring more fun and everything to it. You know, your side is business-to-business sales, and, you know, I'm business-to-consumer sales. But at the end of the day, it's there's a lot of similarities in the sense we're both finding ways to benefit the other person through the products slash services that we have access to. Right. Well, we are both selling the same thing at the end of the day. We are selling happiness. Yeah. We're selling somebody a tool that they're going to need to be able to reach their goal, which in turn allows them to actually pay you for what you need. And we both basically are in different, very different places, but we are both in the same gear on one of these economic cogs that lead to people being fulfilled. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that right there. And also, I mean, we've been doing a really good job so far, too. Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. I know that whenever I've heard about what you're doing, I know you've said the other day you had a reward for being like, was it the top, was it number one or was it number two? You were very high up in your company. See, maybe my words sound a lot. Let's go. It was number four. Number it's four. A, it's a big company, though. <laughs> well, that was what I was going to say. Is I knew it was like high, but I also couldn't remember. Is that number one in the county? Number one in the state? Number one in the gut? I couldn't remember. <laughs> I say it's the entire company. So not just like where I work, but every like each different like campground has their own different sales force, and you put all of them together. I was the fourth best. Which. <laughs> Second of mine. <laughs> right, so, so you're sitting there next to another one of the very good ones. So that's kind of funny. Is like you're you're stuck in a district with somebody a little bit. <laughs> yeah, for now, but I'll be number one soon. That's how I like to look at it. But also, <laughs> but the thing is, you've also been working there how long? About three months now. <laughs> right, and you know, honestly, <laughs> I didn't realize I was good at sales. Right. Yeah. Again, somebody came in the other day, um, and they didn't really know what they needed, and they were probably expecting to do like you know five hundred dollars for a panel sign. But again, they said what they thought they needed, and I just knew immediately that they were not going to be happy with that. Yeah. And so I showed them the option that I thought they could. You know, I thought I showed them the option I thought they needed. It. You know, again, I broke it down with them and everything, and it ended in him saying, you know what, let's do it. And uh, it actually ended up being something where he ended up needing it in November. Yeah. I said, well, tell you what, I'll drop off the check tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and you're sitting there, you're like, wait, did I just sell? <laughs> yeah. Again, this went from a $500 order to a, uh, uh, I'm sorry, this went from a $1,000 order to a $4,000 order. <laughs> Oh wow, that's a that's impressive. But here's the thing: his return on investment is gonna be better with this one because the signs that we were gonna we sell for like the five hundred dollar range, yeah, for something that doesn't know if they're gonna be there in five years. A campground's gonna be there for a lot longer than five years. That's and true. Signs last for up 
we have to say 10 years, but they're painted with automotive paint. And his sign will probably be up for another, well, it, at least 10 years. But honestly, the only reason that sign's going to get taken down is either an act of God, um, just, you know, you know, really bad accident, something happens like that, maybe a fire, I, I imagine, but there's not even anything close to it that would burn down. Yeah. The only reason that that sign's going to get taken down is somebody gets tired of it, but it's a dang good-looking sign, so. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. It's like, um, you know that. The trick is actually convincing him that not only is what you're saying, or not only what you're saying, but also that he can trust you to say in the first place. Because what I've noticed... You know, I can pull up something, let's say I was trying to sell you something for $10,000, and then I drop it down to 9000 but I take away almost everything, so it's significantly less good. Most people go for the cheaper option because they just are looking at the price. And actually showing them the value behind the price and convincing them that you're right on the value and that they can trust you on it is not an easy task. No, it isn't. But, um, you know, the one thing is, like... When somebody comes in, and this is probably why I feel like I've gotten better speaking at different events and stuff, is because I've realized I know things about these signs that a lot of people don't know. You know, yeah. like I, I can tell you, hey, sign foam will last for 10 years, and because the material it's made from, unlike wood, it won't bend, it won't crack or anything. It lasts twice the um you know, twice the time of a normal, like, you know, what we call poly metal, which is those, like, kind of just metal signs you'll see up at places. Yeah. So you got to keep in mind, poly metal may be a quarter of the price of a uh, sandblasted sign the same size. In fact, maybe less than that. But the sandblasted sign, well, I'm sorry, the routed sign foam sign, half of our tones are different, half there's certain things that are, there, there's just some stuff different there. But, um, a sign phone sign maybe costs four times as much, but it lasts at least twice as long. And even the five years that, you know, the metal sign's on, you know, it's going to be, you know, wearing out at that point. We say up to five years because that's that's what's true, you know? Like, we can laminate it and get it to five years, but even then it's going to fade. Yeah. So whenever you do these sandblasted signs, they look newer, they last longer, they're sturdier, like... There's so many reasons on why you can take the um, uh, exact distance of the sign, right? Like how long it's going to last. Yeah. And you can it by the monthly, you know, monthly time it's going to be there. And even just, you know, because of its longevity. Long, long, uh, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> we, we filmed this podcast after a long day at work. Uh, oh, definitely. Of lasts, <laughs> um, because of how long the sign lasts, the value... Is not a, it's not actually much more expensive. And then you can consider, well, what is the actual return on investment? Because most people think of a sign, and I've noticed this, is people have the wrong idea. People think of a sign as a liability, but a sign is very much so a revenue-producing asset as much as anything else. It was, it's literally the company's, or for a lot of their customers, it's the first impression of the company. And having it where you have a good sign, it's a good first impression, is a really big deal on if they decide to become customers or not. Absolutely. You know, take a step down uh, a strip in Las Vegas. Take yeah. a step down uh, the boardwalk on a any beach and tell me the signage doesn't matter. And here's the thing. Maybe uh, only 
10% of people who walk through your door are actually like, maybe they buy something they wouldn't have bought without that sign, right? But how many people walked in your door a day? How many is that going to be a month? How many is that going to be in five years? Like, if you're talking, hey, maybe it only increases 10% of sales. But hey, if that's 10% more over five years, that sign has paid for itself 10 times over. Yeah, but I say that's definitely something that I've noticed too. There's definitely been places that, you know, I looked, let's say the, you know, our lights were out on some of the letters or the sign was like fading and kind of messed up. But you look at that and it's like, if they're not going to, you know, you can tell they didn't upkeep their signage. That's the first impression you get. So in your mind, you just assume that's not a good place. Like I've dealt with that myself. Oh, absolutely. Uh, a big one for that is restaurants. Restaurants Definitely. can't afford to have a bad sign. Like, you know, I've not gone into play. I, I've personally, you know, seen places and been like, man, this feels sketchy. And the signage is part of that. Yeah, but I say like, you know, there's definitely restaurants I prefer, but if I looked and the place looked very sketchy, even if I prefer the food, I'm not going in there. Mm-hmm. I'm just not. And like, that might be the... That might be the wrong way to look at things, but it's also the, it's just how people are. And to succeed, you have to understand that. Absolutely. And I'd imagine in your case, you know, people need to ask themselves, you know, like the way you sell, mm -hmm. uh, how much were they spending to basically reach the same level of uh, happiness that they would reach from that campground? That's the thing. That's what I do. First, I build the value in the actual campground itself. And then I actually show them the exact number that they're spending by not going with us. And then I show them the number they spend by going with us. And I split the difference. And then I show them how much extra they get by going with us. And then at that point, when you see that you save money and get something better, it makes zero sense not to do it. Yeah. No, exactly. And that's the thing is, in, in our cases... We were smart about where we went to sell. My family business yeah. was fairly successful, so I knew enough about it that I was able to, you know, be passionate and defend the product. You were able to find that place, and you, you were able to see it and say, hey, this is good. And also, um, like, I'd stayed there, you know, as a kid and everything, too, and it's like, I knew the place, and also, it just sounded like fun. <laughs> right. So both of us knew the products that we yeah. were going to sell. So it's not hard for us to be able to teach somebody to value it. No, the, I think the only hard part is um, having other people realize that you understand the value, especially for like you and I who are still fairly young. Mm. A lot of people do not like taking advice from people our age. And that was actually my thing when I started doing like financial consulting and trying to do that. That was the first thing I was worried about is, are people going to want to take financial advice from someone younger than them? You know, there's a, uh, there's a story about that that I can tell. Um, and basically, it's, it's how, do you, how do you beat the attitudes about you that might exist that you can't control? You know, whether that be your race, your gender, anything yeah. like that. Um, you're going to be judged by somebody. Now, I don't even think judgment is wrong. I don't either. Judgment is why cavemen were not eaten in certain cases. Also, 95% of like people our age should not be giving financial advice. So actually, you know, if people have that preconception, most of the time they're right. 
But my thing is, like, when I talk to people, if someone does raise that concern, you know, I show them what I actually do know. Like, I ask them, do they know what the average P.E. ratio for the S&P 500 is? I ask them, I'm like, do you know the best performing asset over the last 10 years is? If they answer no, I do know those things. So even if I'm younger, there's still a lot of aspects of finances that I know that they simply do not. Right. Well, you know, with that, um, showing somebody that you are confident is way better than telling somebody you're confident. You know, um, I am actually now the uh, campaign manager for my uh, incumbent, you know, the sheriff who is the incumbent here in uh, Randolph County. And yeah. You know, the re- part of the reason I have that job is uh, because I knew stuff that I actually found out nobody else in the county knows how to do. And that's just because I, you know, was in the right place at the right time some, and I had people who were willing to teach me in Raleigh. But, yeah. you know, one big thing is I'm talking to people who, have, you know, are not dumb people. These are smart people. These are, you know, 70 and 80-year-old people who have been in politics their whole lives. And one of them says to me, so I heard you were able to get a hold of a voter list. And I said, that's right. And she said, well, were you able to get a hold of phone numbers? Because I went to the Court of Elections and I got the list of voters, but they said they don't keep phone numbers. And I said, I have everything. I have that and I have the app that you know how to use to be able to hook it up and be able to, you know, give you a list of every voter along with how they're voting. If I say, if you could show them that you actually know what you're talking about and can do that, then they can't just look at you for your age. They have to at least accept that you know what you're saying. Also, we should probably save this kind of stuff for the next podcast episode, too. Since, you know, that's kind of the topics we're talking about. No, absolutely, yeah. We're going to be talking about what we're kind of working on on the side, what's going to be happening in the future. So, yeah, and, that, and a lot of that does come into sales. So. It really does. Yeah, yeah, so I guess we'll... Go ahead and end this episode. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You can follow me on social media at CWT Business. Where can they follow you, Corey? Oh, where can they follow me? My uh, Corey Portree Twitter is no longer there. Um, what about your um, design page on Instagram? Right, yeah. Um, let's see. Right now, yeah, you can follow me, uh, Corey Portree at STS underscore NC. Uh, and that, that's the Instagram handle. Alright, and I'll put it in the description as well so y'all can follow us there. Thank y'all for listening, and that's it.